0: Is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, August the twenty-eighth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, the five-hundredth installment of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, madness, utter madness, I tell you. We get some more smoke on the Jadavian clowny news, confirmation that Larry Tunzel never was and is not going anywhere. And that was just this afternoon's news. We've got four more player cuts. I weigh in on the Dolphins' vision regarding tanking. And we'll talk about some scratch-off guys that might have earned extensions. And we'll get in to the Twitter mailbag. All of that and more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL, NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter. And the show is at Locked Fins, as well as our written daily content up on lockedondolphins.com for all the news and analysis on your Miami Dolphins. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We've got a busy show for you guys today. Let's go. That's another Miami Dolphins. So the big news came down when it was reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Media that Jadavian Clowney has in fact met with Brian Flores and the Dolphins Brass. And that tweet came across the wire at 3.26 p.m. Eastern Time in South Florida. The hang-up there, however, is that Clowney can choose his destination since he has yet to sign his franchise tender with the Houston Texans. Now, once he does that, the Texans can deal him wherever he wants, essentially. And the bad news for Miami, and I tweeted about this and need to amend it a little bit, is that they are being leveraged, but not by Houston. If it was just those two, Miami could take Houston over the proverbial barrel since Clowney doesn't sound like he has any interest in actually playing for the Texans this season and then can walk in free agency next year. And for a coach like Bill O'Brien, who is operating completely free of a general manager, has no vested interest in next season in 2020. And if O'Brien doesn't go back to the playoffs this year, after they got embarrassed last year at home by the Colts in January, and now that luck is gone and the AFC South is wide open again, Then O'Brien is probably gone too. So, future draft capital is no good here for Houston. That means the Texans are going to have to want players. And we got this from Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. The Dolphins are not willing to include Laramie Tunzel in a prospective trade scenario involving Jadavian Clowney. He then mentioned the Texans need running back help too, like a Kenyon Drake. So, this Clowney smoke has been brewing for months now. The Dolphins have actually been attached for some time, and you can see why via a scheme fit. And I'll explain that just in one minute here, but they never were and will not trade Laramie Tunzel. He is in the long-term plans. He's going to get a long-term contract here. Cameron Wolf confirmed this. Adam Beasley and Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald confirmed this. And then this tweet from CK Parrott really puts the clowny compensation idea into some perspective for us. Miami can view Clowney as a two-year deal for $35 bucks, with the first year guaranteed and the second year a team option, which is a franchise tag, Chris writes. And this is me talking now. If the Dolphins can show progress in that time and convince Clowney that he's part of a future championship contender, then maybe he does agree on a long-term deal in Miami. And the Dolphins have room to get creative with the cap because of their lack of financial commitments To the quarterback position, the most expensive spot in all of sports. Josh Rosen is the cheapest quarterback in the league right now, essentially, and Miami controls his rights through 2022. That fifth year option in 2022 is a jump, but still cheap compared to starters across the league. And if they do extend him to that fifth year option, that means he was the answer. And since the Dolphins are pretty much like 95% drafting a quarterback in the top five next year, that quarterback won't be due a new deal, a second contract until 2025. So you can afford to pay X, the highest cornerback contract in football. You can afford to pay Laramie Tunzel, the highest paid left tackle contract in football. And you can give Jadavian Clowney the buku bucks he wants. The Eagles did this. The Rams did this. The Bears did this. The Jets and Bills are trying this. It's a trend. Get the cheap rookie deal quarterback and surround him with a loaded defense and roster in general. Now, What about the fit for Clowney in this defense? And this is probably where things make the most sense for me. Clowney is a perfect fit for what this defense wants to do. You've heard me talk about the 4-3 under, where an outside end would play a 7 technique off the outside tackle, a 3-3-5 bare front, or he'd play a five technique inside the tackle. Anywhere from the nine out wide to the two-eye technique inside over the guard. Better edge run defender than pass rusher and that's really where Miami would love him because he sets you up to do all the creative stuff with the linebackers in the rush. He can control two gaps at once and help you cut down run defense without having to bring an extra body into the frame and he also frees up those blitzes for Jerome Baker and the like. Essentially, he's a more explosive Trey Flowers as Kyle Krabs put it, he's a right now solution that won't cost you a first rounder opposed to a guy like Chase Young or AJ Epinesa next year who would cost you that first round quarterback if you chose them. And with Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw, hopefully the emergence of Charles Harris is real. And with this impressive linebacking core, you might only need to focus on rounding out depth in the secondary to become a top 10 level defense under Brian Flores. So that's the thinking. But what about compensation? We know Laramie Tunzel was not involved. That's what the Texans want. But Miami is not about to do that. Could we see Kenyon Drake moved? It's doubtful that he picks up a second contract in Miami. And you guys are going to have to take my word on authority for that. So that makes some sense. Could it be Kenny Stills? They might have to pony up a mid-round draft pick in addition to Stills. Because right now, Stills' production has not been that great recently. Or is it just draft capital? Well, I have a hard time believing that since the O'Brien factor of needing to win now, like we discussed previously. But on the field, I love the idea. I think I'll write up a film study on this in case it happens, but I have been told personally it's a 50-50 shot to happen, so maybe I don't want to waste the time doing it. Besides, Clowney said that he prefers going to Philadelphia or Seattle over Miami anyway. All right, let's go ahead and pause for our first break and come back and get to the rest of the news from the day, including four more player cuts. I'll do a diatribe on the issue of tanking, and we'll get to your questions on the Twitter mailbag. But first, before any of that, are you heading out to see the Dolphins play this year? Or maybe you're exploring other entertainment options while they fix this franchise? Then let Vivid Seats help you get to the game, concert, or the event that you wanna see. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace. Dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. I'm going to a pair of Washington State Cougar football games this year, and Vivid Seats helped me get there. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience, as well as an in app loyalty program with Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchase as part of Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section of the row of your choice on the Vivid Seats app. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Just enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that's the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of $100. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. So I received a DM on Twitter from someone that I consider to be an online friend, a Twitter friend, and I don't take those relationships lightly. Oftentimes, I connect with you guys more than my actual friends that I have an in-person relationship with, and at the end of the conversation, it resulted in me coming to an understanding to stay out of these Twitter wars between different Dolphins podcasts and and the like and Which I do agree are trivial, and defending myself, whether it's on stolen content or accused stolen content or shade throwing, whatever it might be, it just never gains you any progress. So I agreed to stop doing that, but then I tweeted something about a source regarding Laramie Tunzel's availability, and I wanna make one thing clear here. My job is to bring you every ounce of information and analysis. On this football team, regardless if it comes from me or somebody else, which is why you'll see me citing in just about everything I do on lockdowndolphins.com, on the Lockdown Podcast here on this show. It would be completely naive of me to think that I'm the only one that ever has a good thought about this team. And I think it's important to give you guys accurate information hence the tweet about the phrasing of dangling and shopping, which is sensationalism. And I don't think it's fair to do that. So I will always take it upon myself to correct the spread of misinformation like that. The Dolphins were never doing that with Laramie Tunzel. That was contrived from somewhere else. So that's that. Let's get into our news items. Miami cut four more players on Tuesday, which brings the total for the week up to six. We all know about Will Holden and TJ McDonald, and I could explain those outside of the framework of of the idea of a tank, but I really can't defend it in unison with the decision to move on from Akeem Spence. And more on that in just one minute. Miami also cut Clive Walford, the tight end, Chase Allen, the linebacker, and Jordan Mills, the offseason acquisition on the offensive line. But my thought on tanking revolves around the cuts of McDonald and Spence. Now, if you are longtime listeners of this show, you know that I felt that both of these guys were miscast in this particular defensive scheme and should have been cut back in February. Spence was specifically brought here to one gap in that wide nine scheme that was directed by defensive line coach, Chris Kusarek. and that one gap style, aggressive defensive line play. They wanted him to win with quickness and focus on filling one gap by getting there faster than the offensive lineman could get there to block him. Recall that Spence was traded from the Lions last year where Matt Patricia was in a scheme that also two gaps. Now in a two gap scheme, Spence is not a fit once again in Miami. And the same is really true of TJ McDonald. Safeties have to cover in this defense, and that's just not what he does well. He doesn't cover well in the two deep looks going backwards. He's not good in man coverage. But in training camp, I saw him playing box safety in the big nickel package, and things were simplified for him working downhill, staying in short zone coverage in the hook zones and the flats and attacking the running game going forward. And he looked really good doing that. Completely honest, he looked fantastic. But now the Dolphins deem both of these guys not worthy of roster spots this year. And given the makeup of the roster, they were both top 30 players right now. And for those of you that told me on Twitter that that was crazy, please, please give me a list of 29 players on this roster That are better than mcdonald and spence and good luck because you can't do it the roster is full of aaf signings and undrafted free agents those guys not great players not my argument but they were top 30 if at worst top 40 on this roster so what does that tell you about the intentions of this season And that prompted the tweet that Miami are in no way interested in winning games this year. And yes, each week they will try to win the game, but the priority is to build for 2020 and beyond. That takes precedence over winning games in 2019. And that's why Jadavian Clowney could make some sense. If they can keep him for two years, show some growth, then they give him that extension and the contract won't go towards the comp formula because he will already be an extension player, not a free agent, obviously. So the term tanking still does not apply, if you ask me. That's not what they're doing. Years of giving Andre Branch, Kiko Alonso, TJ McDonald, players that are at best replacement level, giving those guys plus starter money, but above average player money, that's a house of cards, my friends. And that house of cards came crashing down at the end of 2018 and into the 2019 offseason, But if you want to build a new house in that original foundation, you have to first remove the rubble from the previous failure. And that's what this is all about. Pushing resources into the future, taking advantage of the compensatory formula right now while you can, and Miami did receive two picks via the comp formula, plus two more for player trades, Ryan Tannehill and Robert Quinn, and one more for a draft day trade back with the New Orleans Saints. So with 12 picks and $100 million roughly in cap space next year, they have options. Spending big in free agency means you won't get comp picks back in 2021, but with 12 picks on draft day, Miami can manipulate the draft board this next April to restock the cupboards with more picks in 2021 by doing more tradebacks like they did this year and by using the value of that draft capital in 2020. That along with selecting several players high, some good free agent buys, suddenly your talent base is much better, your financial situation is improved, and your future resources are not compromised for doing so. So that's the idea behind this entire plan this offseason. It's not a tank, it won't be successful on the field, but there is so much more of a plan than just losing games to secure Jordan Love or Tuatunga Vailoa, which, if that happens, Watch the hell out for this team in the future, man, because exciting times will be ahead if they can drop one of those quarterbacks into this program, into this regime, and hopefully with this good defense they're building. So I hope that clears things up a little bit regarding what this team wants to do under Chris Greer, who, by the way, is batting 500 on draft picks the last four years, and under Brian Flores, who will bring both the offensive and defensive schemes into the 21st century, where before, that's not where they were. All right, and before we turn things over into the third and final segment to get to your mailbag questions for the 500th edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast, I want to talk about two players that maybe have so far shown us that they might deserve that TJ McDonald extension through preseason. And I won't advocate for that, but I do think that two players have shown us that one, they're healthy, and two, they are really good scheme fits. And one of these players is a guy that will be replaced by Jadavian Clowney if that trade does happen. And I'm talking, of course, about Tank Carradine, who has missed way more games than he has played in his NFL career. But so far, as that 7-tech edge rusher, as a 5-tech in the three-three-five bear defense, he has shown some things that really think make me think that he's a piece of this defense going forward at worst, a rotational player. And you probably do want to wait until he's healthy and gives you a full season. But again, you also risk losing him to the free agent market if you do that. But I think that he has a future on this team if he can stay healthy. He's a scheme fit. He plays the two-gap style. He has the length and the explosion and the power and the ability to stack and shed they want to do on this defensive line. I think he might have been a fine, again, with the caveat, if he stays healthy. And the other one, the other player that falls into this category is equally as true as far as the health goes. I'm talking, of course, about cornerback Eric Rowe, who is here right now on a one-year $3.5 million contract, and that is the type of money you need to pay to a second cornerback when you have the highest paid cornerback on the other side of the field you'll recall the Patriots with Stephon Gilmore they supported him with Jason McCourty and other under budget type of cornerback buys like undrafted guys like J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones they have rounded out that secondary with depth and didn't put a lot of money into it and Eric Rowe could be one of those guys if you buy him sooner rather than later but again the injury history has to scare the hell out of you because he has missed more games he's played the last three years so Tank Carradine Eric Rowe both ideal scheme fits for this defense I think Carradine could be a rotational guy Eric Rowe might be your answer at the number two cornerback job opposite Xavier Howard if he is he's worth big time money maybe you go out and spend that money early maybe you wait make him prove the health either way I think that again caveat if healthy both these guys have a future in Miami Okay, let's take our last break here on the 500th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We'll come back and get your questions on the Twitter mailbag, that next Locked On Dolphins podcast at Linkfield NFL at Locked On Fins. It's hard to believe that I've been in the big chair now with Locked On Dolphins for two years and we have officially breached Half of a thousand episodes, the 500th edition, and I know I talked a little bit about maybe having some guests come on and talk about their fan experience, but frankly, it just didn't line up in the right window. We have way too much content to cover right now to do an episode like that, but maybe next offseason at 7.50 or something, we can do something like that. But with that, let's go ahead and jump into the 500th episode edition of the Twitter mailbag. You guys know the drill. I put the call out on Twitter. You respond with a question and I answer it here on the podcast as well as give you a Twitter shout out. And we'll do more of these on tomorrow's episode because I don't think you guys want to hear a 30-minute episode previewing the fourth preseason game on the schedule. And we start here with Jake Bacatis. He's at Finn Reaper. What will it take for the Dolphins not to draft a quarterback in the first round? And basically, you're going to have to have Josh Rosen play at or near a Pro Bowl level, like a 2-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio, right around 7.7 yards per attempt, a high completion percentage, and just keeping the team on schedule in games and functioning a high-level offense because if he doesn't do that, You're not going to pass, you're going to lose a lot of games, and then you're not going to pass on one of these potentially generational quarterbacks like Tungavailoa, like Jordan Love, or if Justin Herbert gets some consistency in his game and becomes a quarterback like Justin Herbert. There's just too many good options to put yourself in a position to really overtake the Patriots in a few years. Josh Rosen, could he be that? Might he be that? Yeah, that possibility still very much exists, but... For him to really put the Dolphins out of next year's quarterback class, he has to be great. And frankly, with the surrounding skill set he has right now and still not being quite up to grasp on the offensive scheme, and some of you guys are telling me that he is there and he's going to get there and have a big-time year. Remember, he told us himself that he's still struggling to ID linebackers and find the right protection call and get his offensive line in the right position. And he even took blame for some of those sacks because he didn't put those guys in the best spot. So he's not there yet. He's not going to get there right away overnight. So if he gets there by Game 8 maybe, then you have eight good games, not even great games. Is that going to be enough to push them off a quarterback next year's draft class? Not by a long shot. So, the Cliffs Notes version of that is he's going to have to play really good for the entire season, like a Pro Bowl level quarterback. And I just don't see that happening. Next question from Leighton Stoffer at Stoffer underscore Leighton. What have been your main takeaways of this team this preseason, whether it be scheme, coaching personnel, or the off-field personalities? For me, it's all about the scheme. I talked about coming into the 21st century, both on offense and defense, and the Dolphins do have an analytics department, but Adam Gaze never adhered to those because they often ran, or threw the ball rather, on third and short. They often ran the ball on second and 10, and they would run the ball often on first and 10 as. Well, and the analytics tell you that those are failing plays in terms of their comparison to the passing or running game, vice versa. And if the offense was stuck in the olden age of football, the defense was even worse with weird combination coverages and no real sub packages on defense outside of your nickel defense. They never went to dime. They didn't show very many blitz schemes, different rush packages, stunts, and twists, and the like. This new team will have an approach that gets these guys in position to do what they do best. That wasn't the case in the past, not under Adam Gase or under Matt Burke. So the biggest difference for me is the coaching and the scheme. Next question here from Cody O'Day at Attraction Law. Why do you love the Dolphins so much? That's actually a great question because really they don't love me back. But the real reason I do is because I just grew up on them and I was so loyal to a fault to my sports teams as a kid that it just carried over into being an adult. And then the more knowledge I gained and the more history I could draw on because I had experiences watching old games. Like for instance, I did a podcast today, the Rockpile Report podcast, And they asked me a question, and I was able to pull up stats from like 2008. And when you have that knowledge bank, it just makes everything so much easier. So that really helps. And the more I got into it, it's like when they say that wealth breeds wealth as far as like investing and buying companies, the more knowledge I gained, the easier it was to get more knowledge. And so that it kind of just turned into a snowball effect. And I just... I just always have loved this team. It kind of became my identity amongst my friends. I was always the guy that loved the Dolphins, so that's just me. Next question here from EMI. He's at Flaper on Twitter. You said that Miami will look to add someone like Joe Tooney, next free agent at left guard. In that case, does Michael Dieter move to center? I think it would, and Michael Dieter did get some third-team reps at center this this offseason, this training camp. He's played left tackle, left guard, and center in college. He never played the right side. He told me he prefers the left side, although he would play guard or center, and I think that that might be one of his better positions. He's a little more fluid that way. He doesn't have to get in one-on-one pass protection situations. He can take advantage of his smarts, his intelligence, his competitive toughness, and his communication things that he has been lauded for from this coaching staff. And a lot of that, as well as the leadership and just recognizing the defense and the fronts, that's where he really can take advantage of playing that position and get the most out of his skill set. Next one here comes in from Chris J. F. Grave. He's at C.J. F. Grave on Twitter. Vincent Taylor, good, bad, indifferent camp and preseason. What is his future and is it in Miami? Yeah, Vincent Taylor's been a weird one this offseason and now he's got another injury he's nursing, albeit apparently a small one. But you'll recall he ended 2017 on the injured reserve, although it was two weeks. So they probably just did that because you can that late in the season. 2018, again, injured reserve. And now he's got another injury. I've long speculated that he has a bit of a conditioning issue when it comes to staying in shape and giving you 30, 40 reps in a game. I think that right now he's probably a 20 to 25 rep type of a guy, off the bench, sub package, maybe gives you interior rush and third down and long. But as far as training camp, he got off to a roaring start and pretty much once the game started, that's when he really disappeared. He continues to get buried on the third string, sometimes with the second team defense. For whatever reason now, two coaching staffs and different coordinators He just hasn't made the impression to get himself full-time work and be a frontline guy, and I think the injuries and the conditioning are the reason for that. Last one here, then we'll go ahead and come back to another episode on tomorrow's Locked on Dolphins podcast and answer some more of these questions. This one from Aaron Stafford at Staff23. 500 episodes. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. We're most likely going to add players after cutdowns. Do you anticipate the offensive line? How many could there be? I think you're looking at at least one or two additions because Jordan Mills, you know, I talked about them having six offensive linemen on the roster and that's probably even a little bit generous if you consider Shaq Calhoun right now and Michael Dieter as currently at today, this moment, being guys that are worthy of being on an NFL roster, they haven't played that well. But Jordan Mills was not. I think Chris Reed's probably a fringe backup swing type of a guy. And then you've got Laramie Tunzel, Jesse Davis, and Daniel Kilgore, who I do think belong on NFL rosters. Their value in general, we'll see how good they actually are. But they do belong on rosters. But the rest of it, Jared Jones-Smith, I don't think so. Kyle Fuller, maybe. Isaiah Prince, I think he needs a redshirt season. T- Zach Stirrup, I just, there's not a lot of talent on this offensive line up top or in depth. And even though you're not going to find much on the free agent market this time of year on the offensive line, because frankly, it's scarce when it is open in March and in April, it's even worse this time of year. And so to expect to get someone of value this time is pretty low. But I do expect them to make an attempt to go after somebody else's cut when it comes to Saturday on cut down day, August the 31st. All right, that's a good spot to end that show. If you didn't hear your question on today's podcast, I'll get to them tomorrow. So tune back in for the Thursday game day preview edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We'll have 10 things to expect from that game, more mailbag questions. And then Friday, the first edition of College Football Friday on the podcast this season. And of course, on that podcast, we'll review the game from Thursday night as the Dolphins wrap up the preseason in New Orleans. But other than that, we're going to go ahead and check out for today's episode. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a game day edition. On the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. I don't care. Hand on the wheel. Driving drunk, I'm doing my thing. Hold in the mid beside and my life, came out dream.